Hi, everybody. I'm Ann Louise Gittleman here with the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. And today, my guest is the Amazon Rainforest Lady. She is the premier rainforest herbal expert in the country. I'm proud to call her my friend. And she's the world's leading expert on rainforest medicinal plants. She's also been a leader in creating a worldwide market for the important traditional plants of the Amazonian rainforest. She's a lecturer, she's a writer, and she's truly uh, a wonderful resource for those of us that need health and healing in 2020. So Leslie Taylor, welcome to First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Leslie, I first heard about you from the Health Sciences Institute. You were writing about some of the wonderful rainforest herbal remedies, and I'd love you to speak about your 10 top picks of the rainforest remedy healers. Can you do that for me? I can. I know uh, you the first one I... You can with your, with your eyes closed and standing on one foot. <laughs> You're so expert, I know that. So go ahead and start off with what number one is. Well, I think number one is um, one that I actually never sold with my company, and it's called hibiscus flower, and it makes a wonderful red, delicious uh, tea, um, and you actually use the calyx or the fleshy part of the flower after the petals fall off, and believe it or not, it is clinically proven through human trials to lower your blood pressure, lower your cholesterol levels, and reduce your risk of clogged arteries. Wow. And it, um, my husband has been, I, within about a month after meeting my husband, I made him start drinking hibiscus tea. And he had had a quadruple bypass, and it had stents before that. And, you know, his father and his grandfather had both died in their 50s from heart attacks. And so he has a genetic sort of thing where they just make lots and lots of plaque that clog their arteries. Mm -hmm. And I have used hibiscus flower for clogged arteries for probably 20 years. Wow. And it has an, it has an anti-plaque ability to reduce the amount of plaque that's, um, that's building up. And it actually, interestingly, it also reduces the plaque in your mouth. Wow. And so um, what's an interesting thing is I used to lecture to a lot of um, integrative physicians and every year I would, I would, um, lecture to a group of integrative dentists and I explained to them about plaque in your mouth um, is directly related to the plaque in your in your arteries and actually some bacteria in your mouth gets into your heart and into your veins and creates an immune reaction um, so you can actually find mouth bacteria in arterial plaque but I told them that if they had patients that had really bad plaque in their mouth, they should ask them if they've ever had heart problems and they may want to go check to make sure they didn't have any blocked arteries if they had a bunch of mouth plaque. Anyway, my husband um, was able to just drink the tea and it'd swish it around in his mouth and for the plaque in his mouth and then drink it. And today he is not taking a statin drug and two drugs for high blood pressure. And his dentist doesn't know why he doesn't have as much plaque as dental, you know, appointments for cleaning is, are about half as long and a whole lot less painful. So that's a, a really important thing. And you can drink that as a preventative um, to just reduce, 
uh, any plaque that might be building up. And it also significantly can lower your blood pressure. So um, let me ask you a quick question. In the health food stores, and I've certainly written about this in my uh, Radical Metabolism, I talk about hibiscus. Is it any variety of hibiscus or is there a particular variety that you need to look for to have the plaque reducing abilities? You need the, you need the hibiscus sabdariffle. Um, there is, and it's a red, there's really only two in the, in the um, health food stores today. And one they're calling white hibiscus and the other is the, the normal red hibiscus. And when you look at them phytochemically, the red hibiscus has much more polyphenols, much more of the active chemicals um, than the white hibiscus does. So you can buy it in capsules, you can buy it in tea bags, you can buy it in bulk um, and just throw a tablespoon of the dried flower calyxes into a, um, a cup of uh, um, hot water. You know, my husband fix it, fixes it by the uh, quart. So he uses about a little over a half of a cup of the dried flowers um, per quart, and then he stores the rest in the refrigerator. And it tastes wonderful. It tastes like, I think, cranberry juice. Yes, um, my, my, my all-favorite cranberry, which is also a high source of polyphenol. So they're, they're right. probably, probably very related in that regard. So then I want to ask you something else that this kind of reminded me of. So is hibiscus found in the rainforest? Yes, it is. And it's found throughout the tropics as well. You can find it in Mexico, you can find it in Brazil and Peru and Hawaii and the Caribbean. Um, it, basically, all hibiscus plants, you can find hibiscus, and that brings me to another point. You can actually go to Lowe's or Home Depot or the garden um, uh, a nursery and find tons of hibiscus um, plants to buy, but those are the ornamental type of hibiscus plants that produce a great big, huge, pretty flower. This is a different type of medicinal hibiscus plant, and the things that you find in a nursery are not going to be the same. They're not going to have the same properties. So you really need to look through the health food store or online for the hibiscus abdorifa um, species of hibiscus. Excellent. Let's move on to number two, the number two rainforest healer. Um, well, let me go back real quick. Uh, I just wrote a book on hibiscus flower, and it's on Amazon.com. So if you want more information, I also provide a consumer guide on where to find good product. So you can look up um, Nature's Secret for the Heart, um, which is hibiscus flower, and that's by me, of course. Wonderful. Um, so the next... So the next plant that's probably the most healing is the book that I'm writing right now. And it's the one that got me in trouble years ago and it's called Graviola. Yay, I was hoping you'd talk about it. <laughs> well, I'm writing the book now and I'm telling you, I cannot believe how much research has been conducted on just the last two years. I think every student in Indonesia has done a thesis or a doctoral uh, dissertation on on graviola. And you know, we don't know uh, anything about it in this country. In the United States, nobody even knows what it's used for. Well, that's because it cures cancer. Yeah. And, and um, anybody who wants to try to cure cancer in the United States gets in trouble if, if, if it's a natural sort of plant. 
So I used I sold graviola between 1999 and 2012, and I sold millions and millions of bottles of it. I formulated uh, a formula for cancer called Intense that was 50% graviola and some other plants um, that have anti-cancerous um, properties. And it did remarkable things. I mean, it went all around the world and it reached millions of people and I sold millions of bottles. And it was remarkable. Um, graviola has about 15 different ways to kill cancer. And one of the main ways that it does it is why I don't tell people to take graviola as a preventative, nor do I tell them to take it for other things chronically. Like graviola also is great to lower your blood pressure, but you'd have to take it chronically to keep your blood pressure down. And you don't want to take graviola um, chronically. What you want to do is use graviola when you have cancer. Um, and the reason is one of the main ways that graviola kills cancer is it um, is um, a ATP inhibitor. ATP is what uh, is a chemical that is produced in every one of our cells, and it's what drives cellular processes. ATP is like gasoline to your car. So ATP is gasoline to your cells. And so when you have a quickly dividing and multiplying cancer cell, it requires a lot more ATP because it's much more active and it's, it's, it's dividing rapidly. And so one of the reasons graviola is toxic to cancer cells and not healthy cells is because it's attracted to very high ATP cells. So the chemicals that are anti-tumorous in graviola migrate to these um, high octane cells. The other reason is that in most hard cell tumors, and these are these are cancers that actually form a, a lump, a tumor, there is a specific sort of chemical that is in the cell wall of these tumors, and graviola is attracted to that chemical in the cell wall. It's a, it's an enzyme. And so when a graviola chemical hits this enzyme in the cell wall of a cancer cell, it interacts with the enzyme and then it disables the enzyme. And one of the, one of the purposes of this enzyme is to hold the cell wall together. So it's almost like when the graviola chemicals hit it, it sort of just dissolves the cell wall and it, and all the, it just sort of melts the cancer cell. So let me, uh, can, I, can I jump in here at the deep end of the pool? I have a close friend who was just diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. Would this be an appropriate treatment for her? Yes. So graviola has been shown to be effective in breast cancer in lots of animal studies. Um, they just, again, what I'm seeing with the research, and I'm so gratified, nobody knew graviola before I launched it. That's very uh, nobody true. Nobody ever heard of it. <laughs> very true. And now, now there's like 3,000 studies on it. And you're starting to see even individual doctors in the United States that can't deny the results their patients are seeing. So I just read a study yesterday, and it was from a doctor in Nebraska. 
and he did a small study on one single patient, and she had triple negative breast cancer. She was um, she kept getting metastases. Um, they would they treated her with a whole bunch of chemotherapy, and it just kept progressing, and then it would metastasize again. And the woman gave up and said, I'm going to start taking graviola. And she was actually um, buying the leaf from Hawaii and was just crushing the leaf up. And she used three leaves every day to brew into a tea. And the doctor was so amazed with her results that he actually wrote it up in a clinical observation study and said, she's now, her cancer is stabilized. She has no cancer, um, and and it's been five years now. So he's tracked her for a whole five years before he um, uh, wrote this observational study. So wow. there's probably a dozen different um, animal studies where they have cured breast cancer in animals. It also they've done the same thing with prostate cancer in animals. Um, and the latest thing is that there's real hope for uh, pancreatic cancer and ovarian cancer. And the latest thing um, on pancreatic cancer, and I think this may be the breakthrough that graviola needs, is when you have a cancer like pancreatic cancer that has such a poor prognosis and we have no drugs for it at, at all. Right. Um, they're willing to try anything. And so another... Um, oncology clinic in the United States um, published a trial last year on them proving that it could kill uh, pancreatic cancer in animals. And that's a big deal and it's been quoted a bunch. And so I, you may see more information mainstream, uh, but I think you're going to see it on things like uh, lung cancer, which is a poor prognosis and no chemo is available that works. Um, and then you're going to see it on pancreatic cancer. But the fact is, is that I've used it successfully for years and it works great on liver cancer. It works great on breast and prostate cancer. Um, it does not work well on melanomas, uh, lymphomas, uh, any of the soft cell sort of cancers. But it works on all the heart cell cancers. Huh, that's so good to know. Where would people be able to find graviola in a formulation, in a single herb formulation or a combination that you might uh, have them consider? Well, I mean, graviola now is being widely sold everywhere. There's like 500 different graviola products on Amazon.com. Um, what you want is you want graviola that's been harvested out of Brazil or Peru. Um, there's some graviola coming out of um, uh, Southeast Asia, and I'm just not comfortable with um, that they have the right species to plant. Um, there's there's an, the, the name of graviola, the botanical name is Anana muricata, and there's an anonima, Anana tree in basically every country in the tropics, and it produces a fruit. Um, and so it's a fruit tree, a fruit tree, and a lot of the local people in the tropics eat the fruit tree, uh, eat the fruit off of the tree. So the Southeast Asian Anana species are different than the South American ones. Um, so look for a product that comes from Brazil or Peru. Um, you want something that's organic. Um, 
the market for graviola has skyrocketed in the in really the last ten years, and so now there are graviola plantations um, that are providing graviola leaf um, out of Brazil, but you know they're spraying with pesticides, so you want something that's certified organic. So personally, I buy my graviola from a company out of Florida called uh, Rainforest Pharmacy, and that's where I get most of my rainforest supplements and stuff now since I don't sell them anymore. Um, and they've always been wonderful in providing the right species. In fact, they even picked up some of my harvesting programs in Peru when my company closed down. So they're getting the same graviola that I was using. Um, Again, what is their so, the rainforest pharmacy? It's called rainforest pharmacy and they're out of Miami, Florida. Um, they're online. Um, I think their website is rainfarm.com, R-A-I-N-P-H-A-R-M.com. Um, they've got a graviola in a capsule. They've got graviola and liquid extract. They have um, a product that I actually developed called Graviola Max, and it combines graviola um, the regular graviola, which is Anana muricata, with another species that grows in Peru called Anana montana. Um, and when you combine the two uh, species together, there's like 120 anti-tumorous chemicals between the two um, between the two species. And some of these chemicals that are anti-tumorous are hitting cancer at, at, at as low as two parts per million or less than a, less than a, a microgram um, of the plant is anti-tumorous. Huh, how phenomenally interesting. Um, so beyond hibiscus and its cardiovascular protection and anti-plaque properties, you've got the natural anti-cancer herb graviola, what would be your number three herbal healer? Um, the next thing that we're seeing a rise of is fungus and candida. And what we're seeing is just like bacteria and viruses can mutate to create a defense mechanism against things that would kill it, candida is now creating a defense mechanism against um, the normal antifungals that we've used. And, they, and it's interesting because they're doing it the same way that cancer cells do it. And what'll happen is um, a candida cell will create what's called, which is called an intracellular pump. And it runs on a chemical called P-glycoprotein. And so it has just like this little pump. And so any time something tries to kill it, it just pumps it out of the cell before faster than, than an antifungal can kill it. And again, graviola is very antifungal and it'll shut down that pump. So I started using graviola in a formula that I did for candida and fungus, and that was called Amazon AF for antifungal. And the main ingredient in that is not graviola, but it's a rainforest tree called Jatoba, J-A-T-O-B-A. And Jatoba, interesting. Uh huh. Well, you well the the English pronounce pronunciation phonetically is Jatoba, 
but it's pronounced in Brazil as Jatoba. And yeah, so when you're walking through the rainforest and you need to sit down for a little rest, you look for a Jatoba tree to sit up, to sit underneath and lean back, lean your back against to relax. And it literally will be the only tree in the Amazon that doesn't have mold and fungus all over its bark, all over the forest floor around it. I'm telling you, there's more species of fungi and mold in the Amazon than anywhere else on Earth. And the trees have to create a defense mechanism against all of the mold and fungi. In fact, I was reading a study about a month ago that on one rainforest tree alone in the Amazon, they recorded 1,232 species of mold and fungi in wow. one tree. Oh, my gosh. Right. So Jatoba is, is got the same um, exposure to all that fungus, and there's not a, a single bit of fungus on its bark, on its leaves, on its flowers, or even on the ground where its roots um, grow up out of the ground. And it has got some of the strongest antifungal um, chemicals that the rainforest trees um, produce. Oh. And so, again, you can buy jatoba in capsules, which I don't recommend. It's a, you're using the bark, and anytime you're using tree bark, you really want to boil it, um, or you need to extract it in alcohol to get all of the, the chemicals out of that hard fibrous bark. Um, so I sold it as a liquid extract. You can find that on the market. Um, but it, it is in a formula that I did called Amazon AF. In fact, Jatoba is about 30% uh, um, Jatoba um, uh, and then a, a bunch of other herbs that, again, are plants in the rainforest that have created a chemical defense mechanism against the many species of fungus that's uh, prevalent in the Amazon. How, how does this compare to Podarco? It's better than Patiarco, uh, but Patiarco is my number two. The only reason I didn't put Patiarco in this formula is, again, you've got to boil Patiarco bark for 10 to 15 minutes for you to get the antifungal, antimicrobial chemicals out of the bark. And that's why I tell people don't buy Patiarco capsules. Um, look for liquid extract or look for a dry powdered extract that's been extracted with heat and alcohol uh, because that's what you need to get the antimicrobial chemicals out of Patiarco. Interesting. So we've got the Jatoba, you've got your Graviola, <laughs> Hibiscus, I'll get the, I'll get the pron pronunciation right. What would number four be? So number four would be an herb called Chanca Piedra, C-H-A-N-C-A-P-I-E-D-R-A. And when you translate that from Spanish to English, that means stone breaker. And guess what? It's the one, number one thing I've used for 20 years for kidney stones and gallstones. And it works. Perfect. Now, didn't you? Um, and if you didn't you also? If you better have. I have to. Ahead. I have to rudely interrupt you now. Didn't you also say that this is antiviral? I need to just insert that. Yeah, we're going to talk about. I'm going to talk about all that. The, the deal with the deal with rainforest plants that's very different than American medicinal plants 
um, is, again, you've got so many different species of bugs, number one. Um, you've got mold, bacteria, viruses in the soil um, that create root rot. You've got all kinds of bacteria. There are more microbial species in the Amazon than any place on Earth. And so the plants that grow in the Amazon have to create a chemical defense mechanism against everything that would hurt it or else it would succumb and die and be extinct. And so rainforest plants produce more defensive chemicals um, to protect it from injury, repair insect damage, as well as kill bacteria, parasites, mold, fungus, um, and viruses. And so rainforest plants are just powerhouses of uh, a, a huge amount of chemicals. A rainforest plant can have up to 300 different active phytochemicals in a plant. And you may get 40 to 120 in, a, in, a, in a, an American, uh, North American medicinal plant. So Chanca Piedra has 220 different active chemicals. And there's a whole group of it a whole group of chemicals that treat kidney stones. And it goes from having antispasmodic chemicals that relax the urethra so it helps the stone slip through. It's chemicals that actually start dissolving um, the stone itself. There's other chemicals that are preventing the crystallization of the stones. Um, so it's actually preventing um, kidney stones from forming. Other chemicals are lowering uh, uric acid and calcium levels, uh, which again are the building block of stones. So there's probably 20 to 25 different chemicals all involved in how it treats and prevents kidney stones. But again, that's only 20 out of over 200 chemicals. There's a whole bunch of chemicals in it that produce an antiviral effect. There's also a whole group of chemicals that have an immunomodulatory effect, which means it can enhance one part of the immune system that is um, involved in phagocytosis or the, the ingestion of your immune cells that go seek out and kill foreign invaders like bacteria and viruses. And so you've got immune cells that have that job. But then you have other immune cells um, that get triggered in an immune reaction called cytokines. These are uh, signaling molecules, um, and those create inflammation. So like when you sprain your ankle and you see it swell up, that's actually a part of your immune system healing process. And so the inflammation is, is there for a purpose. And cytokines, at the, the signaling molecules, in your muscles or ligaments or joints or whatever got injured, send a chemical message um, which releases the cytokines um, that cause inflammation. And so all of these repairing and healing chemicals get released into your lymphatic fluid and your bloodstream, and then your vessels dilate and all that fluid goes to your ankle, but it's carrying all of the healing chemicals that your immune system needs to repair the ankle. And then, at, you know, days later, the in inflammation will reside. And um, 
uh, it's done its job. But in other illnesses, and, and as we get older, our immune system isn't as um, competent as it used to be. So we may produce many more of the pro-inflammatory cytokines than we're supposed to. And Chanka Piedra has the ability to downregulate or reduce the amount of pro-inflammatory immune cells while still increasing. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, while increasing the amount of immune cells that actually seek out and kill viruses, bacteria, and other harmful pathogens. Interesting. So that's an important thing about um, Chanka Pietra as well. Love but it also kills bacteria, it kills viruses, um, it reduces inflammation, it has a whole bunch of chemicals that are pain relievers, which is what you want if you have a kidney stone. In fact, you know, I've had people remark, if you've never had a kidney stone, um, people describe it as the most, as the worst pain you could ever experience. And yes. it's even greater than childbirth. No, I've heard that. Uh, I've heard that as well. So within a cup of tea or within two or three capsules of a chunk of piedra, the pain's gone. Incredible. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, it does the same thing for gout. Gout is um, a painful condition and uric acid will build up in your system and it comes from dietary factors or it comes from other um, problems that you have in the way that your body is chemically producing um, uric acid. And it starts crystallizing, and then it goes to your joints. And gout is actually a form of arthritis. And for some reason, the uric acid likes to um, locate in your big toes. And so when you have a gout attack, you typically can't walk. And your toes are so painful from these uric acid crystals. And it's ex excruciating. And once again, Chanka Piedra has chemicals that reduce the uric acid that reduce the crystallizations in the uric acid and automatically and immediately relieve the pain of a gout attack. That's phenomenally interesting because more and more people, Leslie, and I've been in the business many decades, as I think you know, but I've never seen people coming down with strange symptoms. I'm not sure if it's full-fledged gout uh, that, have, that don't have a real uric acid issue. And I've always wondered what the proper uh, treatment would be. So now I've got something at my fingertips, this Chanka Piedra or Stonebreaker, as you said. So this is good for kidney stones. This is good for gallstones and gout. Yep. Excellent. Uh -huh. Excellent. What about... And it's also good for viruses. That's antiviral. Right. Certainly in the age of virus, that's also very helpful. Well, and again, one of the, I mean, for, for the last 30 years, there have been human studies on Chanka Piedra being able to cure hepatitis B and C. And that's where most of the studies go with antiviral. But it's also been shown to um, have an anti-proliferative or it reduces the viral load in HIV. Um, it is effective against influenza viruses. It's even effective against malaria. Um, and a viral disease in the tropics that's carried by mosquitoes that's called dengue fever. Uh, yes. um, so it is a broad spectrum antiviral. Um, but again, for the, most people know about it because the, the American name is Stonebreaker. Yes. And again, you can find 
lots of products on the on Amazon.com. There's lots of products in um, health food stores. Again, I purchased the Rainforest Pharmacy brand myself. Um, but there's one that's cheaper that I just saw on Amazon, and it's actually a tablet with 800 milligrams, and it's coming out of Peru. So I think it's only like 16 or $17 a bottle for like 120 or something capsules. Very reasonable. And you may see more gout um, and kidney stones because high-protein diets can cause that. And so if you've got a lot of people doing keto, um, you're about three to four times more likely to be getting a kidney stone than if you had a, a lower protein diet. And pancreatitis as well. So there you go, all you keto lovers. Number five, can you give me the number five herbal healer of the Amazon? Um, the, again, the, um, one of the books that I just finished was on Camu Camu. Have you heard of that? I've heard of it, but tell my listeners all about it. Um, Camu Camu is the highest known source of natural vitamin C on the planet. And so a lot of people would buy it for just the vitamin C content. Um, you know, you can have an orange. Um, it'll have about uh, four to 5,000 parts per million vitamin C in a peeled orange. And um, Camu Camu has 100 times that. So it's a really rich source of vitamin C. And studies have shown that when you get your vitamin C from a natural source, that includes all of the polyphenols, all of the um, plant sterols, everything else that's in the fruit, that the vitamin C is able to be absorbed by your body and utilized by your cells much more efficiently than a chemical ascorbic acid supplement can. So again, you get as much vitamin C and then you've got better bioavailability of it. But the real secret is that as much vitamin C as, as Camu Camu has, it has almost as much polyphenols. Now polyphenols are these healing and repairing agents that plants produce um, in their own immune system and in their own way to avoid oxidative stress and free radicals. So it is a really great free radical fighter. Um, and it, just being able to reduce your, your load of free radicals um, gives you an anti-aging benefit. It gives you a, a benefit to prevent the most chronic diseases. Um, again, um, a low polyphenol diet is related to obesity. It's related to um, heart disease. It's related to type 2 diabetes. It's related to aging. Um, and so we're supposed to be getting a lot of polyphenols in our diets from the fresh fruits and vegetables that we eat. And we're eating fewer and fewer of those. Um, and so we need some kind of supplement to add those polyphenols back into our diet. The average American diet, maybe not your followers, since since your followers seem a whole lot more healthy, um, but we're typically everything we've done over the last 30 years has reduced polyphenols in our diet, from the polyphenol-rich outer coating of a wheat seed um, when we process that into white flour, you know that's reduced polyphenols in our diet. The way we process sugars. 
um, is reducing polyphenols from the natural sugars. But again, when you think of high fructose corn syrup, which is the biggest no-no, um, high fructose corn syrup, the latest studies that I read on that is it should have a warning label on it, just like cigarettes do. Because when you try to digest um, high fructose uh, corn syrup, you actually create free radicals in your body. It promotes the um, generation of free radicals. Same thing happens with hydrogenated vegetable oils. The hydrogen, when you try to um, digest a hydrogenated vegetable oil, the hydrogen creates a free radical when you try to digest it. So our free radical levels as a society are, in, are at, at the highest levels ever. And it's creating more chronic diseases like you're seeing more obesity, you're seeing more type 2 diabetes. And so I think it's more important that we should start paying attention to, A, the number of polyphenols we have in our diet, and the fruits and vegetables really need to be raw um, instead of cooked to get the full polyphenol benefit. Um, but also look for sources of good polyphenols. And rainforest plants are the number one source. In fact, I'm writing all of these books on rainforest plants, and there's a chapter on polyphenols in every single one because rainforest plants have so many different polyphenols. Now, you know about polyphenols in coffee, right? Oh, you got yes. chlorogenic acid. Okay, so let's compare. And again, coffee is a tropical plant, right? It grows in the tropics. <laughs> Good point. That's one, of the that's one of the reasons why coffee beans have such high polyphenols is because it is a tropical plant and it has to ward off diseases. But again, you've got most of your polyphenols are wrapped up into a single polyphenol called chlorogenic acid. And coffee polyphenols, you have about uh, 20, I, I can't remember, the, I think 22 different polyphenols are in coffee. And 50% um, of the polyphenol amounts are in chlorogenic acid. Well, if you compare that to a rainforest plant like Chaca Piedra, Piedra has 78 different polyphenols, and it produces twice as much total polyphenols as coffee does. Uh, say that so, again. That's very important. Would you repeat that again for my listeners? Uh-huh. So uh, you get a certain amount of polyphenols from coffee beans, and you're getting the majority of the of the polyphenols are coming from just one, which is chlorogenic acid. But, and you have about 22 different polyphenols in coffee, but in a, a rainforest plant, especially leaves and fruits of rainforest plants, um, with Chanca Piedra, you get 78 different polyphenols, and the total amount of polyphenol amounts is about twice that is found in coffee beans. So you're getting a much more broad spectrum of action because each polyphenol can have its own different property and action and benefit. Yes. Um, and some, some polyphenols are actually antimicrobial. So some of the antiviral um, properties of, of say, Chanca Piedra are coming from novel polyphenols. These are polyphenols not found in any other plant but Chanca Piedra is the one that created these polyphenols. And they are antiviral, they're anti-inflammatory. Um, 
they lower cholesterol levels, they do all kinds of stuff. Um, so again, that's why I'm, when I'm writing all these books, I have an entire chapter on polyphenols because each plant has its own polyphenol profile. Um, and you'll see some, I mean, almost all plants have chlorogenic acid. That's a normal polyphenol you'll find in every fruit and vegetable. But you won't find philantrin, which is a unique polyphenol found only in Tonka Piedra that kills viruses. Uh, and you won't find that in coffee beans. So it's really polyphenol power we're after. And it's a missing uh, phytochemical that people are simply not aware of in this day and time. Right. Right. So can I ask you a quick question about Kamu Kamu? Yes. Does it does it come in a powder form as well? I know acerola is another favorite of yours. I don't know if it made it into the top ten. We're on number five. But um, I like I like Camu I like Camu Camu better than acerola. But if you're gonna be if you're gonna try to do a smoothie, choose acerola. I mean Camu Camu has more polyphenols and more vitamin C, but it tastes dreadful. I mean, it's got a weird, okay. funky aftertaste. There you go. Um, you answered right. my question. And, and, <laughs> so you get, uh, it's almost, uh, acerola is almost as good, but if, but you really need about a teaspoon of freeze-dried powder for it to be therapeutic. And if you're going to try to make that into a smoothie or sprinkle it over fruit or a fruit salad, then choose acerola, because acerola tastes much better. Okay. And, um, Camu Camu has got such pucker power. Um, it's so sour, and then it's got this kind of funky aftertaste. All right. So the only way I take the only way I take chunka chunk, chunk, I mean uh, Camu Camu in capsules, and then on both of them you need to look for freeze dried powder. Don't buy a juice extract because most of the chemicals are left behind in the juicing process. And again, and I've got books that'll be available starting next week on Camu and Acerola. And it'll explain to you why some products on the market will have 10 times less polyphenols than others. And it, it's again because of the manufacturing process. But the bottom line is don't buy a juice product, buy a whole fruit uh, dehydrated or freeze-dried product. Okay, and then you'll get all of the polyphenols that, we that are need. in both of those plants. Okay, we're going to move right along now. We've got about 10 to 15 minutes left in our episode of First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Can, we, can you give me another five, maybe five minutes well, on each of another five? Uh, well, it's, it's, we, we covered um, Padiarco um, uh, briefly. And not only does Podiarco um, is that is that kill, number six is that Podiarco? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So not only does it kill fungus, but it's also one of my best antimicrobials. It kills viruses. It kills bacteria. It kills mycoplasms, mycobacteriums. It kills just about every critter, even some parasites. Um, so I use that as a broad spectrum antimicrobial, uh, especially if I don't know exactly what somebody has. It could, you know, they could um, have any numerous of bacteria or virus, like if they had a stomach virus or a stomach flu, it could be a parasite, it could be a bacteria, it could be an amoeba. So again, I would choose something like Pau when I, if I don't have blood samples or I don't have stool samples, 
I choose something that's broad spectrum so I know that it would hit um, as much as possible, you know, what, what might be causing the problem. So years ago, um, people drank Podarco, tea, also known as Tejibo. Do, would you recommend the tea form of this particular herb? Well, when you say tea, um, I, I, I'm saying boil it for 15 minutes. Don't just pour boiling water over it. Actually put the herb in a saucepan, cover it, and boil it for 10 to 15 minutes, um, and then drink it as a tea. Okay. Number, may we move on to number seven? I want to get all 10 in because this is such fascinating, life-enhancing, life-saving information, Leslie <laughs> Taylor. So number seven, super seven. What's number seven, herbal healer? Um, the next one would be Anamu, A-N-A-M-U. Okay. And that's Petitivaria alicea. <laughs> okay, you lost me. <laughs> you can find it by just typing in Anamu. That's the name, main plant, plant of commerce. It's widely available. Um, again, it's one of the ones that has tons of, of chemicals in it lots of different actions and it's one of like Pautiarco, it's one of my broad spectrum plants that i use in lots of things because it kills bacteria it's a great antiviral it kills fungus it kills parasites um, it boosts the immune system um, and um, treats inflammation um, it's got tons of polyphenols that again provide anti-aging and anti-diabetic and um, disease prevention sorts of um, things. So that's another one. And again, um, all your all of your um, clients can go to my web page. I have a plant database that they could look up each one of these plants, and it would tell you more than you'd ever want to know about each of the plants. So where do we and get that, this? Tell our tell our listeners now, so they don't forget. So go to www.rain, R-A-I-N, and then a hyphen or a dash, then tree, T-R-E-E, dot com. And that's my main page. And on that main page, it'll say tropical plant database that you can link on. And look at, you can look up over 300 different tropical medicinal rainforest plants in the database, including every single one that I'm talking about today. Lovely. Okay, we're now on to number eight. So we are, are we done with Animu? We're done for now. They'll look it up on your wonderful database. Number eight, I want to get all 10 in very shortly. Number eight. Okay, so number eight is going to be Simaruba. S-I-M-A-R-O-U-B-A. And it's my go-to plant for all kinds of parasites. Oh, love it. I've never heard of it. My gosh. Yes, you can buy it in capsules. You can buy it in a liquid extract. And guess why you can buy it in a liquid extract? It's because it helps take liver spots off your face. Oh, we've got it. We, we need it now. <laughs> and, and, so any, any, I take that any place on your body? Uh-huh. Spell yep. that spell that again for my interested beauty fanatics out there. How do you spell it? S-I-M-A-R-O-U-B-A. B as in boy. Simaruba. Now why Simaruba. 
Okay. <laughs> you say tomatoes, <laughs> I say tomatoes. But my question is, why does it take liver spots off your body? Um, they haven't quite figured it out, but there's been three patents filed on it. Um, it's Again, it's full of polyphenols. And you're saying that polyphenols um, are implicated in anti-aging, including anti-aging for the skin. Yes. So many of these skin whitening creams that you're seeing are full of antioxidant type chemicals because the brown spots are either caused by a free radical damage or it's caused by another free radical type of critter called an advanced glycated end product. product. Right. Right. Yeah. Very good. So, so does this, who sells this? Is this something from Rainforest Pharmacy? Yep, you can get that from Rainforest Pharmacy. So how would one take That's it? That's also, In a the, liquid other, form? the other, um, the capsules are better. The liquid, it's, uh, Simaruba is very, very bitter. Um, so if you're taking it internally, um, take the capsules. Um, but one of the, one of the things about Simaruba is, and this is an interesting story, and I gave this to the Health Science Institute, and they did an article on it. And if you go to the Semaruba plant database, it'll link to that HSI article. And back in 2012, out of nowhere, I got an email from a pharmaceutical researcher who was emailing another researcher at the Institutes of the National Institutes of Health. And they were talking about Simaruba curing brain cancer. Oh, my goodness. And Yes. And this researcher had been studying Simaruba. And the guy, and I, and I don't know why they carbon copied me on this email. I know the researcher was buying Simaruba from my company. So I think he attached just the wrong person to the email. Um, but it was quite remarkable. Um, and it was interfering with um, a specific type of um, brain cancer that's found in children. Um, and I, it was like working right and left. Wow. And of course, they never published any of the studies. They never published any of the work. And this was a conversation between an NIH researcher and a drug company researcher. And I was just floored. So you can read the information about the types of brain cancers they were talking about um, and see all that information um, in the plant database. I love so, it. So again, I use that for, yeah, childhood brain cancers, old age spots on, on, uh, on people our age, and then it hits just about every parasite there is, including malaria. Wow. So it, it, is it almost like a quinine uh, type yeah. Herb. Okay. Uh -huh. I wonder if it would have, if it would help. We have to be very careful, of course, to make connections here against a coronavirus. Right. Um, again, I would, I wouldn't bet the farm on Semaruba and a coronavirus, but I've already stocked up personally on Chanca Piedra for coronavirus. I don't know if it can kill it. Um, I know it's the strongest antiviral that I've used. I've used it for other flu viruses. I, so I don't know, but that would be the first thing that I would turn to. Um, and Simaruba would probably be third or fourth on my list. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, we got two more before I have to say adieu. 
Um, okay, so the next one, I'm trying to figure out what's, uh, the other one is going to be bitter melon. Do you know bitter melon? I know that they use it in topical skincare products. Okay, so bitter melon is, um, it produces, it's a vine. It looks like a cucumber vine, and it actually produces a warty looking fruit. And the fruit is highly hypoglycemic. And so it's being used, a fruit extract is being used to treat diabetes and to help lower blood sugar. Um, but the leaves of the plant um, are anti-cancerous. They're highly antiviral. They, there's about 20 different antiviral chemicals in, in bitter melon leaves. Um, it kills bacteria. Um, it um, kills about 10 different kinds of cancer cells. Bitter melon was in the um, multi-herb formula that I did for uh, cancer that I included with, um, uh, with graviola. But again, it also boosts the immune system. Um, and the leaves are slightly um, hypoglycemic, but I think what they've decided on the leaves is that it's inhibiting the digestive enzymes that breaks down sugars. And so it just helps not have you not absorb as, as much sugar from your meal, which I think they had attributed to the blood sugar lowering ability of the bitter melon leaf. But the fruit works in, in lots of different ways to lower blood sugar. Lovely. Well, we have such a problem with insulin resistance. In this, right. in, this, in this day and time, the metabolic syndrome, that's terrific. We're on number 10. Um, number 10 is a plant nobody's ever heard of, and it's called Ergon Sasha, J-E-R-J-O-N-S-A-C-H-A. Got it. And Ergon Sasha is the name of a snake in the Amazon. Oh, how lovely. Jer Jer uh, Ergon. Yeah, Ergon is, is, uh, is, is being snake. Um, and it is one of what's called a signature plant. Um, and so sometimes, like when you have a heart-shaped fruit and it's used to, to heal the heart, that's oh, yes. called a signature plant. Okay. So Ergon Sasha looks just like the most toxic venomous snake in the rainforest and the stem of this weird sort of herby shrub um, is modeled and is the same coloration of the snake uh, it's called the bothrop snake uh, that kills many many people oh my gosh and it is the best thing as a snake anti-venom on any type of snake bite. And I've used it for copperhead bites with my dogs. Um, I've used it for um, uh, spider bites. Um, I've used it for any type of in, envenomation sort of thing. I would apply it topically as well as take it internally. But one of the things that most people don't know is when a drug company researcher goes trekking through the Amazon looking for plants to study or if they're looking for a particular type of novel chemical, they always interview the Indians and the local indigenous people on how they use their plants. And 
when a drug company researcher is looking for an antiviral plant, they go around and ask people what they use for snake bite remedies. Oh. So the reason is that in a snake bite, you have a huge amount of a chemical called protease. And it's the protease in snake venom that's what causes the necrosis and the cell death and the horrible gaping wound. Um, it's sort of, you know, how snake venom sort of eats a hole in your, wherever it's bitten you. Well, that's caused by the damage from the protease in the snake venom. And viruses require protease to replicate. And oh. so a snake bite remedy would be a protease inhibitor. So all of the HIV drugs are protease inhibitor drugs. So there was a doctor years ago in Iquitos, Peru, that started treating HIV patients with Aragon Sasha. And he was curing AIDS right and left with it because it inhibits protease. Now, nobody has ever heard of this plant in America because nobody could say this before. So nobody, there's only, it's only sold by three different companies. It's available in a liquid extract. It's available in capsules and it's available in bulk pounds. I have all three in my medicine cabinet now for snake bites, spider bites. Um, it actually works to immediately bring the swelling down on even a wasp or, or bee sting. But it is the number one thing that should be using if you're HIV positive. Well, and again, I, if of any type of virus yes. replicates through protease, you want to look at Chanca Piedra as a very strong protease inhibitor. Phenomenally interesting. That's so interesting because they say, and with this I'll conclude, that this very novel coronavirus has a signature of the HIV virus. Looks like it's a combination right. of SARS and HIV. So this is wonderful right. food for thought. So tell me in closing, Leslie Taylor, where can people find you if they want to follow you? I have a uh, personal blog, and you can contact me through my blog. That is leslie-taylor-raintree.blogspot.com. Or you can just do Leslie Taylor blog rainforest on a Google search and find me. Um, but it's leslie-taylor-raintree.blogspot.com. You can also just go to the raintree.com webpage and it'll say Leslie's blog at the top of the page and that'll link you there. This is so I've also got... I've also got books available, and every book that I'm writing now is about everything you need to know on how to treat diseases and conditions with a particular rainforest plant. These are things that I never could say before because I sold the plant, or I sold it as a, a dietary supplement. And one of the reasons that I decided to quit selling products is so I could start talking about them and teaching people how to use them. And so that's what I'm doing. And if you, again, go to rain-tree.com, click on the link that says Rainforest Books, you'll see all the books that I'm working on now. And it'll tell you where to find the best product. I don't buy, I mean, I don't, nobody pays me to recommend their product. I've used lots of products. And I know from the science, and especially studying the phytochemistry 
of what to, um, how to find a good product. Because um, there's lots of bad products on the market. So I don't want people not to know that. So they go buy Chanka Piedra and they bought the wrong product and they think I'm crazy because it didn't cure their kidney stone, you know? Right, 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 right. Well, we're going to have you back, Leslie Taylor, on the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. And I want to thank all of our wonderful listeners for tuning in to this wonderful episode on the 10 Herbal Healers from the Rainforest. And I just want to say thank you so much for being so uh, supportive, all of you out there. We'll see you next time. This is Anne Louise Gittleman. We're over and out. And thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Bye-bye for now.